Hey, welcome to First Baptist Church Online. My name is Steve Polk, and I'm executive pastor here. We're thrilled to have you join us uh, for this broadcast today. Our pastor uh, is going to be preaching a great message from Mark chapter 6. So when you grab your Bible and get your notepad and pen, we can turn all the way to Mark chapter 6. We're going to be talking about living on mission. You know, it is possible to live on mission as a follower of Christ, even in the crazy world that we're in right now. So buckle up. Grab your notepad and pen, your copy of God's Word, and let's get uh, ready to hear what our pastor has to share with us uh, straight to our hearts so we can respond to it. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your Word that you continue to challenge us uh, in the current age, that the timelessness and the truths of Scripture continue to uh, help us, to shape us, to encourage us and motivate us to live on mission for the kingdom of God. Help us learn more about that today, to grow in our faith, to make commitments and promises, uh, to live on mission in every environment we find ourselves in. In Jesus' name, amen. All of us who are followers of Jesus have been given a mission by Jesus to take the, the gospel to others in this world who are not yet followers of his. I am to live on mission with Jesus. You are to live on mission with Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But I'm afraid there are many of us who say we know Jesus and we're saved who really don't understand what it means to live on mission with Christ. And I think just the, the word mission itself causes us to, to, to be confused and to, to be afraid, if you will. I heard about a, a couple who went not long ago to see their pastor. Because their college-age daughter had told them that she was feeling called, feeling led to go overseas as a missionary. And so they went and told their pastor. And he was excited and said, that's great. And they said, no, pastor, you don't understand. We want you to help us talk her out of ruining her life. They had a negative understanding of what it meant to live on mission with Jesus Christ. And even though mission and missionaries and living on mission and being on mission, biblical words, and, and, and they mean something very special and important, I think because of the way we think about that word mission, we're confused. And we have negative attitudes about it, and, and we don't do it because we don't like what we think the word signifies. I mean, think about the way it's used in movies today. Tom Cruise and the six movies that have been released already, Mission Impossible, where he's a spy and goes on these difficult, very dangerous undercover missions. Two more of those movies coming out the next two years. The movie series, Mission Impossible's, Impossible, is based on a TV series by the same title, Mission Impossible. When I was a kid in the late 60s and early 70s, I remember watching that uh, television program where, where there were these secret agents, if you will, who went on secret missions. And every episode began pretty much the same way with the agent receiving a, a packet. And in that package, if you will, was photographs and information about the mission. And there was a tape recording that gave them more detail. And the, the spy would listen to that recording. And, and part of the recording would always say, if you choose to accept this mission. And it would end by saying, this tape will self-destruct in five seconds. And there would be a puff of smoke and the tape was destroyed. The TV series... 
and the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise had some things in common. They were all about high-risk, almost impossible tasks. And the agent, the spy, had the opportunity to either accept or decline the mission. And it was always one mission, one assignment, one task that was done in secrecy. And you were on your own because if you were captured or if you were killed, the secretary, the American government would deny they knew anything about you. And so we as believers, as followers of Christ, have this mindset that to be on mission with Jesus is similar to that. It's to be done in secret. But our mission with Jesus is done out in the open. It's done publicly. We have this, this image that, that we have to be a trained spy or agent, that we have to be a specialist with, with secret skills and, and, and certain training to do it. But the truth is each and every one of us who are followers of Christ are on mission with Jesus and able to carry out the mission he has given us. We, we have this image that to be on mission with Jesus means there's an assignment. We're going on a mission trip. There's a project. We're doing a mission project in our community. But the truth is to live on mission with Jesus is not just a one-off assignment. It's not just a project. It is a daily lifestyle, every day, everywhere. And we have this image that to be on mission with Jesus means I have the right to say yes or no, but that's not true. We are either going to be obedient to Jesus or disobedient to Jesus. And, and our Lord, Jesus Christ, shows us what it looks like to be on mission. He shows us how to live a life on mission with him. So I invite you to take your Bible and open it with me to the Gospel of Mark in your New Testament, Matthew Mark, and open it to chapter 6. Jesus pays a visit to his hometown of Nazareth where he had been raised, and his disciples are with him. And on the Sabbath day, they go to the local synagogue in his hometown, and we read about it in Mark chapter 6. And I want us to look at this story and learn from Jesus' example exactly what it means for you and me to live on mission with Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 1. The Bible says, Jesus went out from there and came into his hometown, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? They knew that his, his father Joseph had been a carpenter, Mary's husband. And Jesus apparently had been a carpenter before he began his public ministry. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? And brother of James and Jose and Judas and Simon, don't his four brothers, they live here, we know them. Are none his sisters here with us? They knew his family. And they took offense at him, took offense at Jesus. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. 
and he could do no miracles there except, not that he didn't do any, he did not do many, no miracles there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Then verse 6, and he wondered. He thought about it. He was amazed. He wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages teaching, not just in Nazareth, but the outlying villages sharing the gospel. Now, I want you to understand that if you know Jesus Christ, if you are following Jesus Christ, you are always on duty. You are always on mission. It is a daily lifestyle. It's not a one-off assignment. It's not a mission project. It is day after day after day. It is a daily lifestyle. We are always following Jesus, always growing and being changed by Jesus, and every day, always and everywhere on mission with Jesus Christ. And here, he begins showing us what that looks like. And, and the first lesson is this. Our mission field, where, where we live every day on mission with Jesus, our mission field is everywhere and it's every day. That includes our friends and family, our work associates and classmates, our team members, our friends, and our family, our relatives, our cousins and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. Now, are there challenges with being on mission for Jesus and sharing the gospel with people we know well? Of course. Of course there are challenges. But that is also the place where we have the most influence. We have more influence with those who know us than we do with those who do not know us. So why would we say, if I'm living on mission, I'm never going to be on mission with my relatives and with my friends, if those are the individuals with whom we have the most influence? I want you to notice, Jesus intentionally went to his hometown and to his family and to the people who knew him as he was growing up. And he shared with them. He preached to them. He shared the gospel with them. He did not ignore them. And I want you to notice that he served them because it says that he did heal some of them. Not everybody because not all of them believed. But he was able to heal some, which means some believed. Some had faith. Some listened to him. Yes, there were some offended but not everyone was offended. And here's the truth. If no one, listen, if no one is ever offended because you're talking about Jesus, the truth is you're probably not talking about Jesus very much. Because if you talk about Jesus, there will always be some who don't like it. There will, be, there will always be some who don't listen. There will always be some who want to argue. There will always be some who attack you. But if you never have that happen to you, it's because you probably are never or seldom 
talking about Jesus. You're not being on mission to people if you never offend anyone. And I want you to notice. I want you to notice that they weren't offended because of what Jesus said. They they weren't offended because he was sharing the gospel. It wasn't the message that bothered him. It was the fact they could not accept who he was. They remembered him as the carpenter. They remembered him as as Jesus, the brother of those four other brothers, as the brother of their sisters, as the son of Mary, as the carpenter there in Nazareth. And they could not get past his humanity to see him as the son of God. That is what offended them. And the truth is, that was on them None him. It wasn't his message. It wasn't the way he spoke to them. It was that they could not accept that he was the messenger of God. And if you have friends and relatives and co-workers who cannot look beyond your humanity, that is on them, not you. Now, I'm not talking about if you live like a, hypocr- like a hypocrite. I'm not, I'm not talking about if you're a phony. But if you're the real deal, Not perfect, not without flaw, but you're the real deal. And they know you are sincere and they know you're living for Jesus. They know you're doing well. If they still cannot accept the message because it's coming through you, that is on them, not on you. And we need to remember that. Even Jesus. Can you you imagine? Can you imagine anyone who is better at knowing what to say and how to say it than Jesus. And still some who knew him were offended. What makes you think you can witness in such a way, you can be on mission in such a way that nobody will ever be offended? Didn't happen in Jesus' life. It's not going to happen in my life. And it's not going to happen in your life. And Jesus was troubled by their unbelief. And in and, and verse 6, it says he wondered at their unbelief. And when we have friends and family members and co-workers and neighbors who won't listen and won't believe, it breaks our hearts. And it should Because we care. But some, listen, some will believe. Because also it tells us at the end of verse 5 that he was able to lay his hands on some, on a few sick people and heal them. What does that mean? It means even though some were offended and did not listen, there were others who were not offended. And others who did listen. And were saved and forgiven and healed. What if Jesus had been quiet? What if Jesus had not shared the gospel because of the ones who said no? Those who said yes would not have had the opportunity to say yes. And when you and I are silent, we rob those who will believe, those who will listen, who will respond in a positive way. We rob them of that opportunity, brothers and sisters. The person who 
before I became a follower of Christ that was most influential and and my understanding, my need for Jesus and how to have a relationship with Jesus was my, my uncle Don, who was married to my mom's twin sister, lived in Detroit while we lived in Kentucky. And I've shared many times about him. Whenever they would vacation with us in Kentucky, he always shared the gospel. And I can remember times when my mom was offended. Mom would grit her teeth and wait for him just to get it over with. But God was using him on all those occasions when I was a little boy and he was witnessing to our family. God was using him to speak to my heart and to prepare my salvation and to draw me to Jesus Christ and eventually, yes, my mom. And so when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the first person I called to tell was my uncle Don up in Detroit and he was so excited. I remember after that, when they were visiting with us on one occasion, mom and dad and mom's sister and Uncle Don, they were the parents were all gone. They were out one night, and just us cousins, us kids were home. And I was witnessing to his oldest daughter, Faye, my first cousin. And at one moment in our conversation, Faye was under conviction and started to cry. Right as she was crying, The parents came home. Mom saw Faye crying and learned I had been talking to her and got really angry with me, got mad at me. I'd done something to hurt her, and she was mad at me for making Faye cry. And Don and Bunny Jean understood it, and they told Mom, hey, it's okay. He didn't do anything wrong. But because Mom was lost, and Mom at that time was not a follower of Christ, she didn't understand She thought I was doing something wrong, and so she was angry with me. Now, today, Faye loves Jesus and goes to church. Mom, just a couple of years after that, would give her life to Jesus and and, and be saved. And you have to understand, brothers and sisters, that we live every day, everywhere, on mission with Jesus. And that means with our family and friends. And sometimes some of them will not understand and be offended. Why? Because they're lost. Because they're not following Jesus. And and, and, and yes, we need to be kind. And yes, we need to be nice. And we need to be loving. But there is no way you can always share the gospel in such a way that nobody will ever be offended in your family. And just because they are offended does not mean you did it wrong. Sometimes it's simply because they don't get it. They don't understand. They are not following Jesus Christ. And in an effort not to offend anybody, you decide, well, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to be a witness. I'm not going to live on mission with them. So you're silent. Let me ask you, how does your being silent help them? How does your being silent help them? It doesn't. And so our mission field, as we live on mission with Jesus Christ, our mission field is everywhere, every day, and that includes with friends and and families, but our mission field everywhere and every day also includes strangers. 
those that we don't know well or we've never met before. In chapter 6, verse 6, after wondering about the unbelief of some of those at the end of verse 6, it says, and he, Jesus, was going around the villages teaching, going to places other than his hometown of Nazareth. And then in verse 7, he summoned the 12, his 12 disciples, and he began to send them out in pairs, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits. And in verse 8, instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey except a mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, etc., etc. And in verse 12, they went out and preached that men should repent. And then in verse 13, they were casting out many demons and anointing people with oil who were sick and healing them. And so Jesus not only went to other villages where he did not know everybody, where everybody did not know him, he sent his disciples to other places. And, and, and they didn't pack a suitcase and take a lot with them because they were, these were not overseas mission trips, if you will. And sometimes you and I, have these brief encounters with strangers, people we've never seen before, people we only encounter occasionally. We just happen to be in the same place at the same time. And because I'm on mission with Jesus everywhere, every day, with family and friends, but also with strangers, when I have those encounters, I try to train myself to think this way, that God put us in the same place at the same time on purpose for a reason, for me to speak to them. And when appropriate, when, when I'm able to see if that conversation can become a gospel conversation, a spiritual conversation, an opportunity to invite them to church, to, to give them some literature, if I can, that will help them know how to have a relationship with Christ. Just making the assumption that as, as I go through life and God allows me to encounter people because I'm living on mission with Jesus everywhere, every day, even with strangers, the mindset that, that I don't have perfectly, but I'm training myself. I'm asking God to help me to see that as an opportunity to be on mission for him with that person I just met. We encourage people here at First Baptist to pray every morning. God, today, give me an opportunity to have a gospel conversation and to pray every morning. God, give me the courage to speak when that opportunity comes today. His disciples went and they preached and they healed people. They served. They cared. That's a model for us. How do we show kindness to people? How do we show love to people? How do we help people? How do we serve people? And how do we speak to them? Inviting them to church. Speak to them, sharing our testimony, our story of what God has done in our lives. Speak to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we do that, not everyone is going to listen. Not everyone's going to be excited. Some will reject, not listen, be offended. But many will believe because they were healing many people. They were sharing the gospel with many people. And in verse 30, they came back. Verse 30, the apostles gathered together with Jesus and they reported to him all that they had done 
and taught. If you live on mission with Jesus everywhere, every day with family and friends and with strangers, you will have those moments when you see God work and move in somebody's life and the result will be they listen, they respond, and you rejoice because you've seen God do it and you've been an instrument in his hand. It will place joy in your heart. And I want to encourage you during the month of December when people are celebrating Christmas, which is about the birth of Jesus. And remember, he was born so people could be saved. He was born to make atonement for sin. That in the month of December, will you accept the challenge of living on mission for Jesus every day, everywhere in December? Inviting people to church. Will you accept the challenge of intentionally going to another village, intentionally connecting, connecting with people in your life who are not yet followers of Jesus Christ? Maybe it means you host a get-together at your house and you invite neighbors, you invite co-workers, you invite classmates, you invite team members, and they don't all go to church. They don't all know to Jesus. Maybe you invite one or two who do know Jesus and come to church here with you. But you invite those who don't and you just hang out and have fun together and then invite them to Christmas services here at First Baptist. Maybe you could take snacks, brownies or fudge or something to your neighbors or to everybody at work and include in the package uh, the, the the Christmas story or an invitation to First Baptist Church and to our Christmas services. Maybe if you're a family with kids, you could invite another family with kids who don't go to church to come to your house and say, hey, we're going to watch watch a Christmas movie and just have some hot chocolate and, and some snacks and you watch the Christmas movie together and at the end of the evening you invite them to join you in church on Sunday. Maybe you could invite another friend or co-worker or family that doesn't go to church to go to a concert during December with you. Come up with your own ideas. Talk about it in your life group. Talk about it in your D group. What are some ideas? Will you intentionally be on mission for Jesus Christ with people who are not yet followers of his during the month of December? So remember, we're always on mission. Everywhere and every day, with friends and family, with strangers. And then there's one last point I want to make real quickly. If we're going to do this, okay, if we're going to live on mission with Jesus and be passionate about it and be effective at it, we need to keep ourselves spiritually fresh, spiritually fresh and energized. The uh, disciples the apostles came back to Jesus and reported all they had done and seen and all God had done. And immediately after that in chapter 6, verse 31, he said to them, Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. Verse 32, they went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. You see, if you're always doing and never replenishing, you will wear out and, and, and then be unable to do, have nothing to say, nothing to 
to share. See, I'm, I'm not talking just about physical rest, even though that matters. That, that's important. I'm talking about spiritual rest, a spiritual rest that brings renewal and energy and strength. And that comes because I'm consistently encountering Jesus Christ. I'm hanging out with Jesus. And the more I hang out with Jesus, the stronger I am spiritually. And the more I hang out with Jesus, the more he's able to do in my life. And the more I hang out with Jesus and the more he does in my life and the stronger I am, then I've got more to say, more to talk about, more to share. So yes, you have to keep your spiritual energy up. You have to keep yourself spiritually strong and, and vibrant. That's why I talk so much, brothers and sisters, about our Bible reading plan here at First Baptist and those daily devotions. Because if you're not engaging with God's Word, engage, more than just reading, engaging God's Word so you can encounter Jesus on a consistent basis, you probably don't have a whole lot to say about Jesus. And you probably don't have the spiritual energy to say much anyway. That's why I talk so much about our D groups. Because it is essential we have these daily encounters with Jesus by engaging with his word so that we, we are being fed spiritually. I want every believer, every follower of Jesus to be able to pick up God's word and spiritually feed himself, spiritually feed herself. I want you as a follower of Christ to be able to spiritually feed yourself so that you will be strong. And when you're able to feed yourself, you can feed others. You can feed your children and disciple them because you've got something to say. You can feed others. You can be a witness to relatives and co-workers and neighbors because you've got something to say and because God is active in your life. But if you're not engaging with his word and encountering him and learning how to feed yourself, you probably aren't doing much, if anything, to feed anybody else. And so Jesus said to his disciples, come away and rest, be renewed. And I'm challenging you to get into God's word, participate in the Bible reading plan, to be in a D group, to watch these devotions we release every Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. on our social media platforms and be spiritually strong, spiritually fed. So you have the energy to feed others and you have something to actually feed somebody else. Be on mission everywhere and every day with family and friends and with strangers. And make sure you stay spiritually strong so you are able to do it. Be on mission with Christ. That's what healthy, obedient, godly disciples of Jesus Christ do. And it's my prayer, it's what you do every day. God bless you. I'll see you next Sunday.